everyone, and welcome to the KBB From the Top podcast. I'm executive editor Chelsea Butler. Today, we are welcoming Cheryl Keith Clendon, owner of In Detail Interiors in Pensacola, Florida. We are going to talk about an important part of running your business, and that is how to effectively manage your employee resources. So welcome, Cheryl, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Chelsea, and happy to be here and to talk about uh, one of my favorite subjects. Awesome. Yeah, I'm ready to get into it. So Let's start out. I mean, I think everybody knows you pretty well in the industry. So what, let's start out by like, what was the impetus behind you deciding that you needed to better manage your employee resources? Well, I think um, I've had employees since uh, I've been in business 23 years and I've had employees since for 21 of those 23 years. So I knew going into it that I, because of my previous career in media, that I was not going to do all the work myself. So I knew that was a goal that I had to want to have a team. So I did, I was, you know, rather um, smart about planning, you know, for it in general, but it, but I was not prepared for the delegation and the things like that, but there is a difference between, um, you know, capacity versus resource planning. So, so, you know, that's a, um, they're similar concepts, but the resource planning is about assessing the capacity of a specific resource, like maybe a specific employee and capacity planning is managing the capacity of your entire firm, you know, and I think that that is, um, it, sometimes people get those confused. So I want to you know, make that distinction because the capacity is sometimes what people are talking about when they're managing the resources, like how many jobs can I take on? And, and something you and I talked about, which was the, um, the thing about the um, small jobs, you know, and that really is more about managing your capacity than managing resources in a way. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, um, it was it was just something that I wanted to do uh, from the, you know, from the get go because of my, you know, my background that I wanted to have employees. So I think that it took me, I want to say about eight years. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to admit that eight years to really figure out that I needed to delegate better and I needed to have more outlined processes. And when I mean outlined, I don't mean just giving lip service to it. I'm talking about like how to clean the toilet upstairs bathroom, you know, like this is what we do. And this is the kind of products we use. <laughs> this is what we, I mean, it really, really is important to have what I call like a business playbook. And that is going to have everything in it so that if you, you know, go off to Tahiti for three weeks, that people know what, you know, what they're supposed to be doing. Um, and obviously the training comes into all that. But I think that for me, it took me a while to really understand the nature of delegation more than anything. Yeah, I get that. Um, I'm, <laughs> I don't have as much going on as you do in terms of projects and things, but the delegating of the, you know, ins and outs of the magazine and our website and just editing and all that kind of stuff. Like, I, I feel like I'm, I need to do it all myself and that's just not, you know, not going to happen. No, so it's yeah. not, it's not, it's not effective at all to be able to, um, to do that. I mean, it really isn't. And I think the delegation is one of the things that, I mean, who, who, how do you learn that? really, right. you know, and the, by nature of, um, you know, how we are, we, we just did in our own podcast, we just did a, a segment on the visionary versus the integrator. And um, the book Rocket Fuel is great for that. If, if you haven't read it, you should read it because it's really good. Um, but, you know, I have an integrator and I'm definitely a visionary. And I think a lot of people that are listening to this are probably visionaries and with a little dose of integrator in them. And that's really one of the important things that I learned also was that those roles and how to uh, really be able to let somebody else do some of the heavy lifting that I was doing. You know, we wear a lot of hats in this business. So there's no doubt about it. So I think 
for most people really trying to get a handle on, you know, which hat you need to have on, on which day and, and time blocking for those hats, which is really important to me because otherwise I chase a lot of squirrels all day long um, is, is key, but that integrator versus uh, you know, that integrator versus um, visionary role, I think is really important to define. And, and again, most small business owners tend to be visionaries uh, to some degree, you know, so part of my my issues um, have been, you know, that I'm a control freak. So I wanted to talk to you about how, what was the process for you of finally being able to let go of control over every little part of your business. I mean, uh, you know, it's I'm not sure if I've let go every little part, but I have. But I have. I, it, here's the thing. You know, the hardest thing I've ever done is to let go of driving the bus every day. And the best thing I've ever done has been letting go of driving the bus every day. So, I mean, really it's, it's one of those things where it's the, it's, it's the ideal thing. And then it's also the hardest thing I've ever done. I mean, I would say it's the, definitely the hardest thing I've ever done in 23 years of business and been faced with is really learning to let go for that. And for me, it was, it was hiring somebody that I, um, I, I, I was hiring, you know, willy nilly, uh, before. And so when I started really focusing more on who I was hiring for and hiring for skills and strengths, it really helped. And the um, when I hired somebody, Liz, uh, who was still with me today, eight years ago, that really made a big difference in me being able to let go. But even before then, I was delegating more. And, um, and now I'm a master delegator. I can delegate everything. It doesn't mean I don't uh, see something and go, wait a minute, what's going on here? What's going on there? You know, that sort of thing. But I am able to concentrate on the bigger picture a lot easier, which is where my strengths are. You know, I'm, I'm more of a leader and, and somebody that is going to have a million ideas at once. And I want to implement those ideas. I want to, to, you know, I want to like, let's get it done. Let's do this. Let's do that. You know, that kind of thing. And um, sometimes there has to be somebody in a business that is the size of ours that has to actually get things done. And so that's what I call Liz, instead of an integrator, I call her our get things done person because she will get things done. Now there's downsides to that too, because sometimes get things done, people will cut a few corners or, or they will, you know, they'll get things done at the, at the um, expense maybe of uh, spending enough time on the creative on something or whatever. I mean, but, but, you know, I would sit there and ponder a design for a longer period of time if I didn't have her poking me with a sharp stick sometimes to say, get with it. So there's a balance there that I think when you get to a certain amount of employees, I think you really have to have that. And it's not just a manager. It is somebody that is sort of the, the insulation, you know, um, between you and the rest of the team, you know, and I think that it's, it's, um, again, a lot of people in this business have strong personalities, you know, let's just say, and, uh, you know, you can run people off. I've ran my fair share of people off, you know, over the years, for sure, not really being able to um, understand why they're frustrated, you know, and, 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 and here's the thing here's, let me go back to this. My, my biggest thing is that I don't think uh, design firms in general, um, and this would be for any, a kitchen and bath firm or anybody else that's not, you know, a bigger firm. So let's talk about small to medium sized firms. I don't think they hire soon enough, you know, and solo people for sure do not hire soon enough. And so what happens is then they're frustrated. They're wearing all the hats every day and they don't have time to do anything. And by the time that they, they are like crying uncle, it is so far down. They're so far down the path that um, they, they hire somebody and they don't give them a lot of direction because they haven't spent the time to get all their, their business playbook together. They haven't spent time to really analyze all the moving parts and figure out what's important to do and what's not important to do. They don't have enough checklists. And then what happens then is the, the person you hire is frustrated 
because because they're going wait what the heck you know and you're frustrated as the owner because you're going why don't you know this stuff you know forgetting that it took you a certain amount of years to learn all this and and all that so it's like this vicious cycle i think and and this is what happened to me too at the beginning you know this is what happened to me too i i just did not have enough stuff lined out that we needed to do. We had some processes because I came from that background that was important to do. So I had more than most, but still not nearly detailed enough. And even now I can tell you the truth is that we are, you know, every day there's something new that I'm like, well, let me just add that to the process too. You know I mean? It's just, it's something that comes up that, that you didn't anticipate because of the type of industry that we're in. It's just, it's, I mean, like if you are, if you're not moving along with it, you're, you're going to get ran over, you know? And, and that's, and that's part of the whole thing is that in the last 10 years, things have really ramped up a lot. I mean, just look at the last couple of years, you know, with, with the AI stuff and the, this and the, that and all these different things. And then of course the, the whole supply chain deal, and we all have PTSD from that whole thing and the pandemic and all the things that, you know, happened uh, in that. So I think that there's just a natural um, exhaustion of people in general. And then when you hire people to do a job and you're not giving them the tools, then, you know, you can't blame them. You can't blame them. And I did, I did, you know, early on, that's exactly what I did. So then when I hired Liz, I was able to really actually take a breath, you know, take a breath and say, okay, you know, we need to get this process. We need to get this done. We need to get that done. We need to get these processes completely nailed down so that I can actually go out of town and not have to worry. And that's the beauty of it is, is being able to, you know, not have to, to obsess over every detail. Like right now I can sit here and talk to you and I'm in our carriage house and I know inside things are going and they're not going to bother me at all unless the house is on fire, you know, and then they may come and talk to me. But, but I think that part of it is, um, is priceless really, truly it's priceless and it's worth a lot of money. So, so if somebody is a small business right now, a solopreneur, they're thinking, well, that's really great, Cheryl, but I can't afford that. Yes, you can. You really can. And if you would have told me 10 years ago that I'd be paying Liz what I'm paying her and, and all that, I would be like, no way we can't afford that. We're not gonna be able to afford that. You know, it's not a, it's not a sales position. It's not like bringing in money, even though she does, because she's a masterful person in all the ways, you know, a unicorn, but it's still that the position itself really wasn't for that. It was more of this integrator and this person that is, is, is the, um, you know, pulling everything together. And I think that is, uh, that's probably the, it's probably the smartest thing I've ever did, you know, really, honestly, in my, in my business is the smartest thing I've ever done. So part of this, you know, effectively managing resources is obviously you've already talked about, um, you know, hiring sooner and, you know, having people taking on various tasks. Can you talk a little bit about some of the other roles um, of the employees yeah. you have in your firm and, and yeah. how they're kind of taking on their, their tasks yeah. to make things easier? Yes, we're down one person right now, um, but typically we have eight and um, very kind of specific roles, but multiple roles because, you know, small business, right? And you have to be able to have multiple roles. And we have lots of profit centers. So we have, um, we have, everybody's in house except for Stephanie, who is in uh, North Carolina. And she had, she used to work for me uh, years ago and she was amazing then. And she's amazing now, but she handles everything with our coaching programs. Um, so she's, she's got that. She's very autonomous with that. So she's doing that. And then maybe special projects or something. And then um, we have uh, a, um, we have a lead designer, Libby, who's my daughter. And she is our lead designer. And also right now, because we lost our, um, 
um, accounting person, she is also learning a lot about the bills, but you know, she's the heir apparent, right? So she wanted to learn a lot about the, the business end of it. So eventually we'll hire for that. But right now she's doing that as well as the lead design. And then she runs our candle studio um, or not runs it, but she's the overseer of it, which is where I am right now. It's part of our retail shop. So she handles all of that. And then, um, and uh, Liz, of course, is our, she is my right hand, my left hand, my work wife, you know, all of those things. And she is actually relocating to New Hampshire, where she's from, and will be there working remote more. She'll still come out here some, but she'll be there more and more, whereas for the last eight years, she's been in-house. So that's a big adjustment for us. But she really has her pulse on everything in the company. So she oversees, she is like, it's like me at the head, and then it's Liz right there, and she oversees everything, plus she's does design work and, and, you know, all of that, no drawings or anything, but just that. And then we have, um, uh, Jen who has been with us for quite a while, who is like the head of the CAD department, but also she's our, um, uh, what's the word, the, um, you know, like expediter. So she's doing all the purchase orders and uh, making sure all of that goes through and, you know, all of those kinds of things, very, um, She's a person that likes to get lost in herself, have her headphones on and get work done. That's her focus. But she handles very specific tasks along that. But she also does a lot of the as-builts and things of that nature. And then it goes to Libby to from, from there, you know, and then of course I'm like the creative director at this point. Um, and then, um, and then we, so we have, let's see, Gabrielle and Miranda and that Miranda is like sort of the office manager and she also helps run the retail downstairs, which is a very small boutique. So it's not like some major retail thing, you know, and then, um, Gabrielle does a little bit of marketing and also, um, special events. We do a lot of special events, a lot of promotions, and then also handles retail design. So people that walk in and that sort of thing, she's going to work with them. So we've got it pretty well covered and, um, we're, we're down a part-time person and then our accounts coordinator person that handle a lot of the business. I like having the business part in-house. I really do. You can outsource that pretty easily, but if you do as many transactions as we do, it's really nice to have it in-house, you know, because we're very transactional and there's a lot going on, but everybody has a, a it, they've got a, a good a specific, it, it's multiple hats, but the hats are well-defined. And that I think is really the important thing. And everybody has a way to um, increase their income too. There's incentives for everybody in some way or another. You know, heck, if if anybody, we have a grab bag full of, you know, um, and I might have talked about this when we did the person of the year, um, you know, podcast or whatever too, but it's such a great idea. I think everybody should do it. We have like a, a grab bag of gift cards, anywhere from $25 to $100 of different gift cards that if somebody gets a review, if they're active and, and gets a review from the retail store to the candle studio to a design a client, whatever, they get to take a little grab in the bag. And things like that are really nice for the culture of the company, you know, to just have those fun little you know, I don't know what you call them, things to to kind of help people, but they all have another way of incentivizing also. I believe in, in incentivizing things. So that's one of the ways that I like to manage that resource of a person is to be able to give them some other way to uh, increase their income besides just their salary. Yeah, that's an awesome idea. I think everyone should do that. <laughs> I, do. I kind of want to do it sometimes. I'm like, do I get to get in the grab bag too? <laughs> Although I have like a whole entire wallet full of gift cards I've never used. So I don't know. Maybe right. maybe I need to put those in the grab bag instead. So I want to talk about how the, you know, effectively managing your resources um, frees you up to concentrate on your other profit centers and responsibilities. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's... Uh, I mean, it's kind of you know the the obvious really is that it allows me to think clearly and to and to brainstorm and to and to be you know more proactive about 
I do have a lot of ideas all the time. I am definitely an idea person. And uh, one of the downsides of being a visionary um, and having a million ideas is that is that you're also typically a leader and you get all your people to be following you down this idea path. And then the the, the get it done person is over here going, wait, wait a minute, we have to actually do all these other things, you know, and Cheryl, you're down the path with these new ideas. You know, we're going to do a new thing here, a new thing there. And I don't have any worker bees to actually get the work done. So I think that um, I have to kind of stay in my lane a little bit, you know, with that. But uh, but really, it's it, we have been able to, with the advent of having people like knowing what they're supposed to be doing. I don't, I don't, I work from home some days. Um, I come in here and I do what I do, but I, I just, there's just not anything. Everyone, there's a process for everything. And there's certain things that I have to do. You know, I have to do payroll. I have to do the tax stuff. I have to do all that. And then I meet, you know, like even with clients, I, I go on the initial consultation because I love, I love that. I love going on initial consultations. I'm doing the Cheryl show. I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. I don't have to prepare. I don't have to do anything. I just go in there and so, and talk to the client. So then I'm doing that on the front end sales end. But then after that, you know, I'm, I'm like backing off, you know, some Liz is working on the scope of work and the flat fee and sending it to the client and getting approval, getting them to, you know, getting them onboarded. And then somebody else takes over from there and gets, sets up our project management system and click up and gets them all situated. I don't actually get involved again on that project, you know, and this is just, again, a, a like a dream come true until we're doing the design direction. And that's in our process, our very specific process. And the design direction is when the design team meets and talks about the questionnaire that the client's already done, the as built, you know, and starts saying, okay, well, what are we going to do here? Like, I have this idea, I have this idea. And like, and we kind of brainstorm that. So I don't get, I don't do anything until we have that design direction meeting. And I get my, what I call it, my go folder, my go folder. And it has the drawings in it. You know, it has the, um, it has the questionnaire in it. It has any notes from the design, you know, like they go through the questionnaire cause I'm not going to read all that crap. Let's be honest. And they, they highlight it, you know, the things that are important. And then I can do the schematic. Cause I, I tend to, in my company, I tend to do all the schematic cause that's one of my sweet spots. But, but the thing about it is that's great is that it's on autopilot. So everything after I do the initial consultation, boom. Everything is, you know, and I'm doing that usually with a design assistant, you know, or, or Libby, the lead designer. And um, so they're taking notes and then I don't have to do anything. So I get to come back and really be in that design direction. And then, and then I'm going to do the schematic and then I go away again. You know, I get to step back again. So the, so that really for me has been the biggest uh, takeaway for this is it allows me to be involved in the design, but at the, at my own um, discretion and how I want to be involved, you know, like in, in, and where I'm the most valuable on the front end sales, the schematic, and then, you know, being a, the creative director, you know, so they're doing all the, the work and getting the ideas. And I'm looking at it from like almost an outside in looking to make sure it's, it's meeting the needs of, of the client and what we had set up and what our uh, agenda was, but it's very, process driven, you know, very, and we like to say that we're, uh, you know, process, um, you know, passion driven, process oriented, but passion driven or something like that. I don't remember what was how we say it, but it's something along those lines because the passion drives us, but the processes are how we get things done. So I think that um, that's probably the biggest thing. And then it also has allowed me to do a lot of business coaching, which I love because the business end of it is like a thrill to me. I love the business end of it. And a lot of people are not uh, small business entrepreneurs, they're just, they're, they're creatives. 
and they don't have that ability and, um, you know, sales and marketing and, and running a business is, is, you know, my sweet spot. So I like to, I like to be able to do that, but I would never be able to do that or just sit here and talk to you if I didn't know that everything was okay. Like I can turn my phone off if I need to. I mean, that can you, can you turn your phone off? I don't know <laughs> if you can even do that, Chelsea, you know, and, and it's just, gosh, it's just a great feeling to be able to do that and know that people know where to find things, you know, or where to find a process or where to, you know, or, or trained enough. And I think that that's the problem is that it, I know it was my problem. And I think it's a problem for a lot of people is that there's not enough of a training program. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're like in your own company, you know, that this is what we do and this is what you happen. I mean, and I think naturally that's true for a lot of us because what I say to my team, you know, and new people, I say, you know, I could sit here for three solid weeks and tell you everything that's in my head, but then the next day something is going to come up that I have not thought about because maybe I haven't dealt with that issue for three years and now something is coming up and I'd say, oh, well, when X and Y and Z are in a line and the sky is blue and this is yellow and that, then you are going to do this. How are you going to be able to think through everything? So you just have to give people the tools and then have some dedicated, like we have training Tuesdays and that is something that um, happens and we're going to go over something every, every time, you know, we also do things like um, uh, notes at the end of the day, you know, when they're doing their time, kind of like an architectural firm or whatever, they have to account for their time, even if it's not billable. And Liz and I can review that and say, okay, wait a minute, you know, we need to talk to them about this and this, because it looks like that's a weak area. And, um, you know, things like that, that really help so that I'm not bothered every five minutes with a question. Cause that's, that's another thing that I think happens with solopreneurs and people that I've coached are like, you know, Cheryl, I'd love to hire somebody. And I did that. And then, you know, I couldn't get any work done because every five minutes they're asking me questions. Well, that's, that's not on them. That's on you. That means that you have not put your process out there in order to have it succinct enough and enough checklists, you know, cause that's, we live and die by our checklists. So really that's, that's the upshot for me is that I feel like I have actually breathing room and can, and can be, I'm not saying that I'm, running off to vacation every two weeks. Uh, you know, it's not like that. I still have a lot of work to do, but I am able to um, feel reasonably certain that everybody's got everything under control and that there's a definite hierarchy too of like where to go. If you can't get Cheryl, where do you go next kind of thing? So we talked a little bit about this when we were, you know, coming up with our, our topic. Um, and I'm, this may not fit directly into the employee resources, but still a way to like functionally run your business. Um, I know you said it's kind of impossible for your firm to constantly just take on humongous projects. So can you talk a little bit about the benefit of taking on some smaller projects? Yeah, we, I mean, you know, there was a time where I didn't, I wasn't wild about taking on smaller projects, but that was when I was more driving the bus. And now it's, we're able to, it, that's the beauty of being able to manage your capacity. Okay. Not just the resources, but the actual capacity is that you can look at that. And, and the way I work, cause I project out our profit. We do a minimum expenditure and a, and a flat fee, generally speaking. And there's occasions where we're doing hourly, but for that's how we do it. So I can project out what we have going on. And that's really important to get a handle on that. And I don't work with clients who can't get a handle on that. Now we can't deal with supply chain issues and contracts 
contractor issues and things like that. There's in this business, there's always going to be something that comes up, right? But we still we we pad that and we allow for a certain amount of time um, in our capacity to get things done. And it's also capacity based on money. So how much money we have, you know, coming in. So these littler jobs, as long as they I look at it and they there is an X amount of money that's um, available for profit. You know, if there's profit in it, it may not be a, a large job that is, you know, several hundred thousand dollars or whatever. It may be something that is forty thousand dollars. But if I'm making, you know, twenty thousand dollars plus maybe hourly for that, because it maybe it's a small job and it's harder to get your handle on the scope, then that's good enough for me, you know. And then it also allows me a training for my team. Because I don't have to generally get involved in those kinds of projects. You know, I'm going to be doing more of the bigger projects. So for me, it allows me to be able to use that um, to really train somebody as to, because our client experience is the same. No matter if you've got a big project or a small project, our client experience is going to be the same. So even with that smaller project, it just means there's less deliverables or uh, less involvement on our part. And so we're able to train people better with it. So I really, I, I, you know, now that, and I think the reason I didn't like it before years ago was more because um, I didn't have a handle on my capacity, you know, what the capacity of my team was, you know, really what it was. And now that I do, I feel like we can fit those in, you know, a lot easier. Um, and we schedule things out. I mean, one of the first things we do, Chelsea, is we set the presentation date. So we're going to, um, when we get a client, we onboard them, we go through the thing. Liz is going to go through the scheduling and she is going to make a schedule for, okay, the as we need to measure, you know, on X date, you know, and then from that date, there's going to be the as belts are drawn. And then from that date, and this doesn't matter if it's decor or kitchen and bath or whatever. And then from that date, you know, uh, we're going to have the design direction meeting. And then from that, we're going to have, you know, the, um, Cheryl's going to get back the schematics back to Jen to put in. And then we're going to have a meeting again to look at, you know, the, the, the plans as we've got them now and to do revisions. So all of that goes through up until, but what we do is we set the presentation date in advance and work backwards. You know what it's like? It's like when you get your, you set a party to get your house together. Okay. Can everybody relate to that? Because, you know, you, you have an event at your house, your daughter's wedding, your friend's birthday party, whatever that motivate you set that in the, in the, in the, you know, future and you work backwards because you know, you're going to go, okay, I need to fix the front, you know, tile is messed up. I need to paint that to patch that wall. I need to fix this over here. The cat fixed, you know, I mean, whatever the case may be, you know, you, you kind of are motivated and that's kind of how we look at it. Plus it sets the date for our next payment. So whether the client can make it or not, you know, I mean, we set it with them, but if they, if they, change it or something or whatever, something comes up, we still are expecting to get our next installment of our fee if we're doing flat fees at that date. So it really, for us, it's really, it, the methodicalness of it is really good. And you know me, so you know I'm, I'm a creative person, I'm all over the place and all of that. So that structure is really important. And that's really probably one of the best things in the world is to really think about how you can structure you know, your day better and your processes and everything you're doing, even you, you know, like even, you know, you're not dealing with the same kind of things I'm dealing with, but you have to put structure to your day. And I'm a big believer in time blocking, you know, I mean, you know, three days a week, it goes to hell in a handbasket for sure. But it's, it's still, you know, we, I'm still going through that process of doing that and then getting back on track. And I've got everyone on my team doing the same thing. So when Liz is in New Hampshire, she can send me like a thing and say, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm allowing, because we're doing a lot of writing and things like that for our, our program. So she goes, I'm going to spend three hours doing this on the writing. Then I'm with three hours of client 
you know, interactions going back and forth. I've got two hours, you know, that kind of thing. And it's, um, it's really been a great, uh, a great system for us. But I think the, that is, um, that is really, you know, the thing, some of the things that I wish I had figured out from the beginning. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just look back and go, wow, you know, I could have been here a lot sooner <laughs> if I had actually figured out some of these, some of these like truisms or something, you know? Now I forget what there was something else that I was, if you even asked me something else, I'm sorry if I went off topic there. No worries. Yeah. So um, you've given so many good tips, but my last question is like, what's your one piece of advice for a design professional wanting to improve, you know, the way that they manage their employee resources? I, I, I think that the first thing you have to do is manage yourself. Okay. You have to manage yourself and you have to understand, you know, what you're capable of doing in a day and what you're not capable of doing. And then I think you need to get a, a, a legal pad. Like I'm never far away from my legal pad here um, and, um, and, and start writing things down. And then you can go back and do an outline and coalesce like everything to get your process down really specifically. A lot of people think, oh, I've got this 15 step process to whatever, you know, but Oh my God, there is so many more steps to our world than 15 steps, right? I mean, that's ridiculous, but it's it's a way for somebody to try to, to minimize, you know, how much goes into this industry and how much we have to think about. There's so many moving parts. And I think that if people take it in a broad sense, you know, from here and then go here and then go here and really just start thinking about and just writing it down, you know, and just literally writing it down is going to make you feel better, maybe in a notebook, not on a yellow pad for that, but somehow you know, maybe have a, a couple of pages with a heading on it and then write down. And that's really what we did to get a handle on the specifics. Now, one thing I will tell you that I've learned is that we have, we are like major league, you know, process oriented and it's, it's very well outlined. However, checklists need to be a little briefer and a little more succinct or people aren't going to do them. I found that uh, when we were going through this process that we were making our checklist too much like descriptions or or the, the how-tos of it. So I'm in the process of going back to some of the earlier ones that we did and and breaking that out so that people can, it's, it's good information, it's all the information there. I think you have to, to disseminate training different than checklists. And that's that's what I learned from, you know, from doing that exercise. Um, and at least it's still there. And I tell you, it's the best brain dump ever. It is the best brain dump ever when you're writing down like, and there's, oh gosh, I should have thought of this beforehand, but there is a, um, there's an app and it's free to do online that will actually document Scribe. It's called Scribe. Have you ever heard of that? I think it's really so, yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really good. And so Scribe will, um, anything that is online, now we have desktop QuickBooks, so it won't do that unless you pay for it. Um, but if you, uh, but we did, and then we did them and then we canceled it, but it will go through, if you go through your process online, you know, like certain, like I'm talking about certain processes, not necessarily for the business, for the, for the design end and all that, you know, working with clients, but on the things that you can get a handle on quick, like, you know, QuickBooks or, or what do we do here? What do we do there? You can go through Scribe and it will just by going through the website and going to all the steps, you know, step one, and you, you know, you're doing it on there. It is coalescing that in some way or another, and then it will regurgitate it for you into a process with visuals, with screenshots. And then you can even add things if you wanted to add things. And that has really helped. And when our person in accounting left, that's what she did for everything. And it has been a lifesaver, you know, it, again, on those very specific things, you're not going to do it on 
processes that are in your head. Like when you go to a job site, what are you looking for on this? What are you looking for that? You know, when you go and you're doing countertop templating, what do you do here? What do you do there? We have all of those outlined really intently, but it does help. And it just made me think about it with this. It does help if you are going to um, document a process that you have on paying sales tax. You know, when I, I've had been stuck paying sales tax, I've had to call in and do sales tax from London one time because I never trained anybody to actually do it. Now I have a scribe that shows everybody exactly because it's kind of complicated in the state of Florida. And for us, we have to pay it every month. So I, you can go through it and somebody can figure out exactly what to do. So that's a really good way to start on the very specific processes. But basically the idea is, is that you have to get your life in, in organizational mode, even if it's something that you just not, don't be overwhelmed by it, just start, just, just pick up the pen and a notebook and start, you know, it's just, it's, to me, it's easier to write it down because I remember it then, but if you want to do it online, you can do that too, but just start with broad categories and then, and then hone in on the specifics, you know, and then if you go to a job site and you're, you're sitting there doing what you're doing and you do it like by mind, by memory, by muscle memory, then write it all down, write down the processes. And then that's going to free you up one day to be able to do other things. And that's exactly, that's exactly the trajectory of what's happened with us. And it has been a really fabulous thing for me. I mean, I can't, I can't say enough good things about my team and they're awesome, but I just, this is, has changed, uh, you know, the way my business is run. Well, that is awesome. Hopefully other people watching or listening can definitely take, take a, a, note from your playbook and, and follow along. So thank you so much for all your tips and great advice. And thank you for um, having me. Always happy. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll talk soon. Be sure to subscribe to KVB's YouTube channel and click the like button on our videos. You can also subscribe to KVB's From the Tap podcast on such apps as Apple, Spotify, Pandora, and Google Podcasts. And please feel free to leave a review.